0: Although the Shikha, which is explicitly mentioned in the Torah, refers to forgotten bundles in the field, there's another type of Shikha, and that is the forgotten stalks, which the farmer forgets to cut from the ground to harvest. And the fact that this is Shikha is learned from the Paser because the Torah says, umer, and you shall forget a bundle. That's referring to the standard Shikha. And then the Torah adds in an unnecessary word. It says Basode in the field. Well, obviously that's where it is. Rather the Torah is coming to include another type of shikha, and that is the shikha of stalks attached to the ground. And exactly the same laws apply, and therefore komosheshbosyim, standing grain, which contains two sa'ar of grain, Ushha, if you forget that, then enos shikha, it is not considered shikha, just like if a bundle contained two sa' of produce. Moreover, Ain Basim, even if it hasn't got two saar within it, and now the Mishnah is referring to stalks of barley. This is the example the mission is going to use. And it's not as large as Tusa'a, but the reason why it's not as large as that is only because of an external factor. For example, if it was hit by very strong winds early on in its growth, so it stunted its growth so it couldn't really grow to its full size. But it's fitting in general to produce Tusa'a. Had it not been struck by the wind, it would have generally produced Tusa'a. Then Even if it is like Tefach, which is a very bad quality small legume. The Mishnah previously has used it as an example of a bad quality species. Some translate it as grass pea. And the Mishnah is telling us that even if this stalk of barley is so small and thin and shriveled up so that it's now like a grass pea, nevertheless, we view it as if it was fully grown stalks of barley, and if they were indeed fully grown like they usually were, then they would contain two sa'ah, and so even now it is not considered shikha, as if it contained two sa'ah now. Now, in this regard, the shikha of stalks which are attached to the ground is different to the normal shikha of bundles. Because when it comes to the regular shikha of bundles, we don't look at the potential that the bundle could have been larger. It's only while it's still attached to the ground that it has the potential to grow more. So, in that scenario, we look at the potential and we say, oh, it could have grown two saar." so we view it as if it's two saar now. Because it still has the potential within it to grow. Whereas when it comes to the shikha of bundles, there's no more potential within them to grow, and therefore we only look at the reality of what they actually are now, when deciding whether it should be considered shikha or not. Mishnachetz, when the Torah talks of the commandment of shikha, it says ki basadecha." when you harvest what you're harvesting in your field, v'sha'chach and you forget a bundle. And we learn from there that a bundle is only considered shikha if it's in a harvested area of the field. But if there's anything which is unharvested, meaning there's still produce which is attached to the ground, which is very close to the forgotten produce, it will not be considered shikha. Now what is considered close by? So we're going to understand that close by means that if you bend over the stalk, it can be touching this forgotten produce. So the mission tells us hakoma standing grain which is still attached to the ground Matseles saves a forgotten bundle, Vesakoma and forgotten stand standing grain. And when we say it saves it, that means that if it is near to it, then it stops it being Shikha. And again the reason is because the Torah implies that only if the area right next to the forgotten grain has already been harvested will it be considered shikha. So if there's still produce attached to the ground there, then it is not considered shikha. Now, of course, the standing grain, which is saving them, as it were, that is not a shikha standing grain. That's standing grain which we haven't yet harvested. Alright, on the other hand, a bundle which is not shikha, but which is near to forgotten produce, does not save neither a forgotten bundle or forgotten standing produce, standing grain, because the bundle, by definition, has been cut off the ground. And therefore that means that the area around the forgotten produce has all been harvested. So it is considered shikra. Now ask the Mishnah, What standing grain exactly is good enough to save a forgotten bundle? And the same question applies for forgotten standing grain as well. Their answer is, like we said, Any standing grain which itself is not Shikra. Even if it's just one stalk, as long as that's not shikha, that means that the area around the forgotten produce has not yet been harvested, which means that the forgotten produce will not become shikha. test. we learned a couple of Mishlais ago that if a bundle is so large that it contains two sa'a within that one bundle, then everybody agrees that that cannot become shikha. And we had a Machleikes about if there were two bundles which together make up two soa. There was a debate as to whether that would become shikha. But even according to Roman Gamliel, who held that the two bundles do combine, and therefore it would not become sheikha, that's only if the two bundles are similar. However, we're going to see in our Mishnah that if there is a significant difference between them, then even Roman Gamliel agrees that they do not combine, and therefore they would be subject to sheikha. Sa'a akura. If there's one of uprooted grain, which is no longer attached to the ground, and there's another sa'a so right next to it, which has not yet been uprooted from the ground. So there's two sa'ar. So, however, one is still attached to the ground, one is not. V'chein bo'ilon, similarly the same would apply to a tree. If there's a sa'a so of fruit still attached to the tree, and another sa'a so of fruit which is no longer attached to the tree, and our third example v'ashshum'a b'tzolim garlic and onions, and the way we're going to understand this part of the Mishnah, is that it has nothing to do with whether it's attached to the ground or not, but it's to do with the species. That for certain laws, onion and garlic are considered like the same species. However, in this scenario, if you have one sa'a of garlic and one sa'a of onions, even if they're both not attached to the ground, or even if they both are attached to the ground, in all the last three cases, they do not join together to make two sa'a which would make them exempt from shikra, rather if they are forgotten, then they do go to the poor people, because since they don't combine, shikra certainly does apply to them. Now in the first two cases, where one saw was attached and one was not attached, the Yerushalmi explains that since we learnt in the previous Mishnah that standing grain saves stalks from becoming shikra, if the farmer first forgot the sa'a which was not attached to the ground, so at the time that he forgot it, it didn't actually become shikra because it was next to a standing grain, which was not shikha yet. Which means that even if subsequently, after that, you forgot the standing grain... So if you think about it, if the standing grain now becomes shikha, that should make the non-standing grain shikha now, because it's no longer standing next to non-shikha standing produce. But if that's the case, that means that by this person forgetting the standing produce, two sort of produce will become shikha both the standing grain which he's forgetting now, and the uprooted grain which he forgot earlier on. But that can't be, because now the uprooted grain is considered totally connected to the standing grain, because it was saved by the standing grain. And therefore the Yerushalmi explains that when our Mishnah says that the two Su'al do not combine, and therefore they would be considered shikha, that's only in a scenario where he forgot the standing grain first which meant that it became shikha by itself, and only then did he go to the other saar, which then became shikha by itself. But if he first went to the uprooted saar and forgot that, so since it only became shikha later on, together with the standing grain, so then they are considered together, and they do combine to make two saar, and therefore would not be considered shikha. And Rabbi Yaisi argues, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says that even if one sa'a is attached to the ground, one is not attached to the ground, they're still considered connected and similar enough that they do combine to make two sa'a, and therefore it would not be considered shikha. However, there is an exception where even Rabbi Yaisi agrees that they would not combine, and that is, in Basrushus Ha'oni Bo'emtsa, if the property of the poor people comes and is situated in between the two sa'a, so for example, if there's a leket stalk in between these two saar, then in a midstorfin. then the two saar can't combine to allow the owner to keep it, because the poor man's property interrupts the two. But if the poor man's property is not in between there, then in limits the two saar would join together and combine, thereby exempting the farmer from giving them to the poor as shikra. The next few Mishnayas are going to list a number of exemptions to shikra, and this depends on a number of different things. So firstly, green, which is meant for animal food, or for bundling, meaning he'll use the stalks to wrap around different bundles in order to keep them tied together. So if it's harvested for animal food, it would usually be harvested prematurely, before it's fully grown, and furthermore, it wasn't bundled up together. They wouldn't bother putting the animal food into bundles, they would just give the food straight to the animals, as it was. And the obligation of shikha in the Torah is said in the context of bundles. If you forget a bundle in the field, and therefore the animal food would not be able to become shekcha. And in the case where it's used to tie up bundles, so again, firstly, they probably didn't bundle up those stalks which would be used to tie the bundles, because they wanted them as individual stalks. But even if they would have bundled them up temporarily, the stalks aren't going to be used for food, which means that they never really reach the stage of Gemar Malacha, which is that final stage of the process, of the harvesting process, on the way to making it food. So for most things, it's when they thresh it. But that only applies to produce which is going to be eaten. If this isn't going to be eaten, rather it's going to be used to tie the bundles, so it never actually reaches that final stage. So the obligation of shikha never really kicks in. V'chein bagude hashum. Similarly when it comes to garlic stalks, which are used again to bundle up garlic. Lots of pieces of garlic were put together and tied up with this stalk. Again, it didn't reach that final stage because it's not designated for food and therefore, shikkh will not apply to it. And small bundles of garlic or onions, and this is referring to the initial smaller bundles, which will later be added together into one big bundle. So as we learnt earlier on in the last parak, if the produce is initially bundled up into smaller bundles, and then it's going to be put into a much bigger bundle, so at the moment, it's not considered at its final stage. So certainly at that stage, Elahem shikha, they do not have the laws of shikha, and in all these cases, the owner would be able to keep the produce for himself. Continues the Mishnah, Any produce which is hidden into the ground, which means that the edible part grows underground, could go in haluf, such as luf, which is possibly some sort of onion, or perhaps a turnip, that shum, garlic, vabitzalim, and onions. So, in Yehudah, says, Elohim shikha, shikha does not apply to these plants, and he learns this from a posuk. The Torah says to Shikha is when you forget a bundle in the field. Now, the field is visible to everybody, and that implies that one is only obligated to give shikha for something which is literally in the field and visible for everybody to see. But something which is underneath the field and therefore not visible, like the field itself, would be exempt from shikha. However, the Chachomim the chachom say, Yeshlem shikha. shikha does apply to them. According to the Chachomim, Basodah includes something which is underneath the Sodeh. Something underground is literally inside the field, and therefore shikha does apply to them. Now the Yoshami gives a slightly different source for the Chachomim, using different words from the Pesukim, however, according to the Gemara and Sita, the Chachomim's reason is as we explained.